first coaching clients, I had uh, got on a discovery call with me and said, I just don't have time for my life. And I thought, what does that even mean? So we dug deeper. And this woman was running a coffee shop that was bought by her husband and his brother. She didn't really want to be in the business, but she had a one-year-old at home. She wasn't working, and she just felt stuck. She didn't know who she was or what she wanted. And so she was really just struggling to get motivated every day. And she was going through the motions, but didn't really feel excited about life. And that was really hard for her when she had a one-year-old at home that she was trying to take care of and show up for. And so at the end of the day, we helped her discover that it's really important to understand who you are and where you're headed, just so every day feels like one that's worth getting up for. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to Diary of a Worthy Pursuit. Where we talk about how to get what you truly want in life and in business. That is a brutal thing to say, right? right? I don't have time for my life. Mm -hmm. What else do you have time for? Yeah, well, and I think that some of us find, especially when we're working for someone else, we find ourselves in this trap of like, everyone else has control of my schedule and I have no control over my Very own. Fair. Very fair. And one of the things that I really preach when I'm working with clients is like, hey, we need to understand what your values are and then align your time with that. So at the end of the day, you feel like you actually spent your time on stuff that matters and you want to wake up again tomorrow. Right. That you accomplished what you wanted yeah. or at least headed the right direction. Exactly. And that you can actually appreciate the life that you've been given mm -hmm. rather than feeling like it's a burden. Or just a, you're just a hamster on a wheel, right? Mm -hmm. Like like Groundhog's Day, you just show up and do the same thing over and over oh and over gosh, again. Oh my gosh, I said that to my wife yesterday. <laughs> I had an employee leave, um, and I'm just like, some days I just yeah. feel like I'm a rat on a wheel. Just but in those moments, it really helps to remind yourself who you are, what your values are, and why you're doing what you're doing, right? So you yeah. want to show up the next day. Yeah, it's one of those, you have to separate yourself, or, no, eh, that's not correct. You have to distance yourself mm. from it so you know that uh, things happen, right? Because yeah. you have a plan, you have strategies and all this kind of stuff, mm -hmm. but you also have to plan for things like this happening yeah. and just expect the unexpected, so to speak, Right. and then be able to adapt to it. I also find that when you have this more in check and you have this understanding, it makes making a lot of decisions in life much easier, like business mm -hmm. decisions, but also how you're going to spend your time where you're going to say yes or no, right? Everything gets kind of filtered through this. But if you don't have a good handle on this, it's easy to lose yourself in everything that other people want you to do. Yeah, you're constantly being pulled mm -hmm. in 50 different directions. Yeah, it feels like you're in constant reaction mode. Yeah. Instead of anticipation or planning or strategizing. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So this whole idea of trying to you know, discover who are you really and, and why are you... Why are you here? I think one of the first things that, that I think about is, what are my values? Like, if I could erase my entire calendar mm -hmm. and I got to design it, right? Like Sounds take, amazing right there. <laughs> <laughs> take off all the work commitments or the business commitments or the family commitments and whatever, and it's just, it's a blank week in front of me. What do I put in first? What do I want to make sure I have time for? Mm. And those might be things like, hey, I really know I need to be taking care of my health. I value that, and if I want to be around, then I need to make sure I'm focusing on that. So cool, let's make sure that, you know, health is a part of what you are, so let's fill in some time for health. Maybe it's like you have kids, or you have a relationship, or you have, you know, parents or brothers or sisters that you want to spend time with. Family is a value, cool, let's make sure that family gets on your calendar. And then you start taking yourself back and broadening the circle and adding to that calendar based right. on 
you know, what's important. But if you, if you look at your calendar right now and you say the only thing that's on here is work, then I'm going to tell you then you are your work. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting as you say that. I'm like, wait a second. I'm thinking of my calendar and it's an insane mm-hmm. amount of work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but that also has to do with who you are, right? So you're a business owner. You have been for years. You're mm-hmm. striving and you're, you have your why for doing that. But I, I don't think that there's this like heavy weight on yeah, your work requires more time. But as a parent, you still, you know, you still value your relationship with your wife. You still value your relationship with your kids. You might get less time, but the work you're doing is in service to those relationships too. So that, I understand what you're saying. And I'm falling into that trap of saying I'm tr- um, working on building something better for the future. Mm-hmm. But then I'm looking at my kid. He's nine. Yeah. And a buddy of mine, his kid just went off to college. Oof. And it's interesting. Uh, you can just tell something's missing. Or he's just, he's, uh, he's challenged a little bit in that he doesn't know. Like he's so used to being needed. Yeah. Right? In that way with this kid, you know, help him out with whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is. And now his kid's on his own. Yeah. Go off to college, whatever. And it's, it's a chunk. That's like you spent 18, 19 years, whatever. Yeah. Hopefully that's it. Right. <laughs> not, not long. He's 30 and living in the basement. Um, raising this kid and feeding him, taking care of him, teaching him. And now that kid is off and running on mm-hmm. their own. So you hope you did well, but then you have this like, oh. What do I do now kind of thing? Yeah. So it's a finite level of time that mm-hmm. you have with your kids. Yeah. Or your spouse or whatever. Right. Or just even you're having fun. Mm-hmm. That it's difficult to prioritize it. I'll yeah. give you a really quick story. Yeah. yeah. I told, I was planning out my calendar. And I said, I'm going to take Fridays off. I'm not going to work on Fridays. Mm-hmm. Friday is going to be amazing because wife will be at work. Kid will be in school. And I will have time to do the stuff that I want to do that I normally don't get a chance to do, right? Okay. And I had huge dreams, right? I'm going to go kayaking. Yeah. Motorcycle riding, right? I can go on little day trips. It'll be amazeballs. Mm-hmm. I don't even think that lasted two Fridays. Yeah. Because I, I had this thing, and I think it's it must be like a Midwest work ethic thing, where I felt guilty mm. for not being at work. Yeah, productivity guilt. For, yeah, for not... For not working, because I had employees that were working. Yeah. And every once in a while, they would have a question or something like that. And so you get interrupted with work. And when they interrupt you, it's just easier to be in front of a computer being like, oh, let me help you with Mm -hmm. that, boom, 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 rather than being in the middle of a lake on a kayak. Yeah. Saying like, let me try to walk you through this thing. Yeah. And it's one of those where I'm like, that's not, you're not taking a break because you're not actually fully unplugging Mm -hmm. or being away even for this two-hour well, and I would venture to say that each time that you were interrupted and you you gave that interruption your thought, mm-hmm. that was a vote toward the vision of you, right? So you had this vision of you that, that didn't work, and so votes that would help you with that are like, like streaks. So how many Fridays in a row can I get? And I would venture to say that the more Fridays in a row that you got not working, the easier it would have been to do that, right? You Probably, would have found some yeah. tips and tricks to continue that, but mm-hmm. because each time you were interrupted, you honored that interruption and gave that your attention, instead then you're voting to yourself, well, I'm the kind of person who can't step away from work because my employees need me. Right. So it's no matter which one we honor, it's a vote toward the kind of person we're allowing ourselves to become. Okay. Because it's the 
our our story follows our action. I, what was it? Something about like people. Oh, I'm gonna butcher this. It's people don't change themselves; they change their behaviors, and then their behaviors change oh. themselves. So it's something like totally fair. the little decisions and choices that we make then roll up into these bigger decisions that end up being the big change. Yeah. So. What I find interesting about that, though, is that you explored something else. You wanted to honor this other part of yourself, and then you felt yourself being pulled back. Really hard. Yeah. Really hard. Yeah. Because I was trying to build a business and not a job. Mm-hmm. And I am every time I get even remotely close to owning a business and not a job, I get pulled back. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I'm like, God, what happened? Well, who's, who was doing the pulling? What's uh, employees. Yeah. 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 Employees. And through, n- I wouldn't necessarily say any fault of their own. I guess, I mean, you could probably, you always blame the top, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> sure. it's probably their fault. Um, so from my point of view, it's an interesting question. From my point of view, I trained them mm-hmm. unintentionally to, like I was their safety net. Sure. So if ever they ran into something that they didn't know how, then they can always fall back on me. Yeah. But they ended up like relying. You, on you. Yeah, they end up jumping off the tightrope and just relying on the mm-hmm. net rather than just saying like, "Oh, I know it's there. I can still walk across the tightrope." Yeah. So it was because I remember getting calls where you're just like, "You could have figured this out." Mm-hmm. Or you, I mean, I could probably solve it two minutes faster than you could have, but sure. But you just interrupted my time and yeah whatever, and I'm paying you, <laughs> you're not paying yeah. me kind of thing. My husband calls that the let me Google that for you interruption. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> yes. Like, honey, how do I clean out the filter in the dishwasher? It's not working. And he will send me a link to let me Google that for you, which is like how to clean the dishwasher the filter. The animated thing? And then it goes. And oh, you're like, oh, awesome. my gosh. Okay, I get it. But I hear you in that, that it's hard, especially when it's your team and you feel like they're relying on you. You built this business. You're supposed to be there for your employees to help them grow. I feel this way sometimes about my kids. Like, I have a four and a six-year-old, and they can get dressed by themselves. Mm -hmm. They're very capable of this, but they do it faster when I help. So there's this line between, like, do I want to get out of the house on time, or do I want to enable independence? Mm -hmm. And it's different every day. (laughs) (laughs) It depends how late we are. But I think... In, in that situation, it's true, right? When you have values competing against each other, we're not gonna be, um, we can't be tens in all of our life domains right. at once. Mm-hmm. So then it's helpful to know and actually visualize that in advance and say, okay, when work butts up against life, how am I gonna handle this? Because if you visualize it in advance, then it's easier to make the decision in the moment. So one of the things I was just telling you, I'm doing a goal setting workshop with a client after we're done here today. And one of the things that we do when we're looking at that is, you know, I have this big dream, this big goal of what I want to do. Now, what could get in the way? And the reason that we even start thinking about that is because then it's less likely to trip us up if we've already visualized what could get in our way and how we're going to get around it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. How do you figure out what's going to I mean, you don't ever fully know, right? But you can start thinking about, you know, so for example, if one of my goals is I want to do business development every day and spend, let's say, even just a half hour, I want to contact five people every day. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, what's going to get in my way? Well, just sheer laziness of saying no, (laughs) right? Not being at my computer because I'm changing the laundry in the home office, something like that, right? The discomfort 
of right. the fact that calling people I don't know is hard. That can get in my way, so how am I going to get over that? Um, what else can get in my way? Other distractions, right? Like my email, um, someone asking me to do something else, you know, something for a client, right? And then you think through each of these scenarios and you think, okay, how am I going to get around the laundry distracting me? Cool. I'm going to put in a load of laundry in the morning and I'm, then I'm going to change it at lunch or something and then I'm not going to touch it. All so right. then I know that that's not going to pull me away when my reminder shows up at 9 o'clock that I'm going to do business development. Okay, so the next thing that could get in your way is the discomfort. You don't like cold calling people. True, yeah, like there's some fear there. I could, they could say no, whatever. I got to mm -hmm. say the right thing. Well, then what can you do to help yourself get around that? Then ask yourself questions like I like to ask. Well, what if this could be fun? Oh. Well, what if cold calling were fun? And I, you know, or what if I am just curious and I'm not selling anything? You know, what if this, that, whatever? So I or try to help. How can I, right? Right. How can, how I, can I serve I and fun? not sell? Sure. How can I make this fun? So thinking about the the thing that can trip you up and trying to find a way around it in mm -hmm. advance is helpful. All right. Yeah. I like that. I love that. That's cool. It is. So where do you think you'll be after that 90 days? Or where do you think your group will be? Yeah. So this last 90 day challenge that we're doing, uh, you know, I hope that we are, we've made progress. Okay. And so what we're doing is we, we set big goals at the beginning of the 90 days and now we're meeting weekly. We're doing mo uh, Momentum Monday calls. Oh, nice. And so we talk about like, what's your weekly big three? What do you want to accomplish the, this week? And then we go through like, how do you handle the messy middle? Like, how do you handle the mindset of like, you should be further along, you should be working on Saturdays to hit these goals, whatever. So we talk about different topics and then at the end we talk about, um, or no, we lead with wins and we end with what's your weekly big three. Gotcha. And then we ask each other because accountability is another huge thing. Huge. So totally. if I say that I want to grow my business and then at the end of the week I didn't spend any time growing my business, well, that's a huge disconnect. Mm -hmm. And But the fact that I then have to tell you that I didn't spend any time right. growing my business, like there's a whole lot of cognitive dissonance. And so <laughs> if that means that like Thursday I'm sending out some emails so I can say on Friday that I did the thing, mm -hmm. that's sometimes motivational. My dog ate my homework. Right. <laughs> but then we're going to celebrate our wins in January because nice. what is it to push for a big goal if you can't celebrate when you get there? I think that's totally worthwhile. I agree. Yeah. Totally agree. I have to. Yeah. So when you're striving <laughs> for who you are, again, we're really kind of coming back to this idea of defining your values. Where do you spend your time? If, if your life had a higher purpose, what do you want that higher purpose to be? Mm -hmm. um, another exercise that I really like thinking through is like, imagine yourself 10 years from now, right? So take your age plus 10. I, I have no shame, I'm 38. So I'm gonna take and say 48 year old Jenna is standing in front of me and she's looking back at me. What is she saying? Like what is her highest? contribution to the world? Where does she spend her time? What's her biggest accomplishment? How does she spend her free time, right? Think about that 10-year version of you and then pretend that that 10-year version of you is talking to you. What are they telling you? Mm -hmm. Or even put yourself in that 48-year-old shoe and say, hey, 38-year-old Jenna, in 10 years, you've grown your business to this. You and your family travel three times a year. You do all of these things. And that really can help you define it because sometimes when we get stuck in our own box, we're like, I don't know where I want to be. Right. Anywhere's fine. I'll go wherever I want. But when you're like, if money were no object, if time were no object, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And how does that person, you know, write a letter to your younger self? What does that look like? That can really be powerful. Yeah, I love that. I used to have my business planning students write a letter to themselves. Oh, I love that. We did six months down the road. Okay. And this was a class where they were just putting their business plan together. Mm -hmm. And so they're writing a letter to themselves. They're six month older self after they 
had gone down the road of starting their business. So they probably got a loan or an office or whatever it is sure. that they're going after. More than just putting pen to paper for their business plan. Yeah. And they wrote that to themselves, and it was uh, congratulations kind of thing. Yeah. And so they gave me those letters, and then I mailed them to them six months later. How cool. And they, like, I never read the letter. Mm-hmm. So it was just put your address on there. I'll slap stamps on there, and in six months I'll mail it out. I love that exercise. So hopefully <laughs> something right. turned out for the better or positive, I guess, in the direction that they were wanting. Yeah, exactly. But then it was kind of cool because it was self-accountability. Mm-hmm. You're accountable to your future self, which is right. kind of interesting, presuming that they remembered that a letter was going to come. Mm-hmm. Or I always wonder, what would happen? They go to the mailbox and they pull out that letter and they think, oh, I know what's in that letter. So I'm yeah. not going to open that for another week because i got to go run i got to go do stuff. these things. Right, right. But, you know, you bring up another good point in – and like trying to decide who you are is that if you are having a hard time or you said this is who you want to be and then you get that letter in the mail and you're like I'm not where I want to be even just acknowledging your little wins and saying like what do I have to be grateful for can really be helpful because Mm -hmm. then the things that you find that you're grateful for might help you define what your values are absolutely so if you're like i got this letter in the mail and it said that i was going to have like two hundred thousand dollars in revenue from my food truck or whatever the thing is and you look and you're like i haven't even bought the truck oh (laughs) i don't even know how to make real cheese right (laughs) but you might say but my family and i we you know we remodeled the kitchen and now that allows us to make really healthy meals for my kids sure cool okay or, but I was able to have the flexibility to like take off and care for my mom when she had that surgery, mm-hmm. or whatever the thing is, then that might help you realize like, okay, you do know who you are. You're just not paying attention because subconsciously you're already making these decisions. Right. I, I like to use words or talk to people that have these words, like I'm an entrepreneur mm-hmm. or have, I have this one. I'll tell you a really quick story about a veterinarian that I had to deal with. Deal with not in a positive way. My dog had a little growth, so she got it removed because mm-hmm. they didn't know if it was uh, cancerous or whatever. Turns out it was fine. It was malignant, whatever. But they wanted to schedule a meeting. The veterinary people wanted to schedule a meeting. So it was six months out. I had to wait six months to meet with this veterinarian about the results of what they found oh and next steps. So my dog is 12. She was, well, she was 12 at the time. She's almost 13 now. Um, so I'm meeting with this veterinarian, and it's just me and this veterinarian in the room, and she says, based on the size of the thing, if it's this size or smaller, we would do this, and if it's this size or bigger, we would do this. And I said, you removed it, so you know what size it was. I don't know what size it was. Yeah. Like, you were the one in there with the scalpel six months ago. And she kind of, that just went over her head. And she's like, okay, well, if we find these cells in this thing, we do this. And if we find these cells, we do this. You're like, no, that already happened. And I'm like, these aren't variables that we don't know. You know what you pulled out. You did the whole, uh, I want to say autopsy, but that's not right. Uh, They did the whole test on it. Biopsy. Biopsy, thank you. Um, You should have all these results. And I was getting so frustrated because it was one of those, I had to wait six months for this meeting. Mm-hmm. I'm paying you $300 or something for this meeting. Right. And I'm getting nothing. So she's like, I can tell you're frustrated, right? Because what she wanted to do, the, it was actually, now that I'm remembering this, it was in her anal gland. 
So they oh. wanted to dig in more because they weren't sure because they don't. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Um, so I'm like, well, if we dig in more, we're going to have the same conversation. You won't know what you get, right? I'm getting a lot of uncertainty from you. So why would I put my dog through that? Mm-hmm. Right? Until you told me uh, there's an anal, the butt squeezing thing that they have to do with oh, dogs. Oh, sure. Yeah. And one of the technicians found this little bump. So before that, my dog was cool, right? Running every morning. Everything's yeah. cool. So before you told me that there was a problem, I didn't know there was a problem. Yep. You told me there's a problem. We went through and fixed it. And now you're telling me that there might still be more of a problem, but there's this risk versus reward, right? Yeah. Might be that your dog can't hold their stool anymore. Well, that's going to be a problem. You're right? right. So you're telling me all this stuff based on stuff that you're saying that you don't know when you do know. Yeah. So, but then in my head I was thinking, a person selling screwdrivers is going to sell you a screwdriver regardless of if you need a hammer or not. Yeah. So this is a surgeon trying to sell me on surgery. Yeah. So anyway, she was trying to get me to agree to more surgery. And I was like, nah, because mm-hmm. risk versus reward, right? right? My dog is cool now, working cool now. And 13 good. also. Yeah. Yeah, and she's like, um, so anyways, I got up and I said, you know, thanks. I forget what her name was, Marie or something like that. And she's like, oh, it's doctor, whatever. And I was like, ah, not today. <laughs> because she didn't act like a doctor. Yeah. Because the doctor would have actually done their homework right. and looked at the stuff somewhere in that six months mm-hmm. to see what is the information about this specific client. Yeah. And I felt like she was just giving me data in, I don't know, veterinary 101 class or something mm-hmm. like that. So I was getting so angry because I waited so long. Like, we're going to get yeah. answers. And you pay so much money for this. I'm like, the secretary could have told me this. Well, and what's interesting about that, maybe your perspective is different, but... You know, when you look at, from an outsider's perspective, when you look at that, you're like, has she lost who she is in this situation? Because she probably went into this to help people. And, like, you know, dogs are our other children. Totally, So yeah. you look at this and you're like, oh, I want to help these people. I, I really care about animals, whatever, where she didn't show up in that way. No. So when we lose who we are, um, Gail Hyatt, who's the wife of Michael Hyatt, the training program that I did, says, we lose our way when we lose our why. Oh, and so that idea that like, has she lost who she is and why she's doing this? And now she's just going through the motions. Right. And so a lot of us find ourselves in these areas, right? Like I'm just going through the motions. And so it's really hard for me to even decide where I want to go or make any decisions because when we don't remember why we got in it in the first place, mm-hmm. again, coming to back to the who you are and how right. you figure that out. Once you have that, it's so powerful. So if she would have been like, I'm doing this for this family. I'm doing this because I love dogs. She probably would have taken a minute right. to look at that chart and know going in that this isn't just like another meeting today. Right. Just to check the box, man. Right. Check the box. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, she, it was obvious to me that she felt insulted that I didn't call her doctor. Mm. And it was interesting because I thought, well, in my mind, doctors are highly educated and do this stuff to help people, or in this case, and pets helpful. get better. Yeah. And she wasn't that at all. Yeah. She took my money like a doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't make the problem better. Yeah. Right? So it wasn't health care. Right. It was just, I didn't know what it was. It was a meeting. It was yeah. useless. A really expensive meeting. Very expensive. Le- I mean, worse than useless meeting. Yeah. Because it was just, I don't know, I felt like you didn't do your homework. Right. Right? I mean, I'm paying $300 or whatever it was for mm-hmm. you not to do your homework. Aren't we past that? Right. If you're a doctor, didn't you have to do homework in college? 
<laughs> but okay, on on your side of this too, there's a who you are and why you made the decision, you know, to have your dog have the, you know, the spot removed, to have it biopsied, to, to, to spend the money to go in and do this, right? Because there's other people who certainly don't value that. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to someone, God loved them the other day, but they're not pet people. They said like, oh, there's coyotes outside and sometimes we don't like this dog, so we just let it out and think like, if it comes back to the door, cool. And you're like, what? Really? Oh, wow. <laughs> but it's not, it's not who they are. They're farm people, whatever. This dog kind of showed up, but it's like, oh, it's old. So for me, that's a red flag because mm -hmm. that's not who I am. But for them, it was very different. They valued different things. So yeah. I think that there's a lot in who we are by where we spend our money and where we put our time. And so if we're struggling to find out, well, who am I really? What do I really care about? That's another great thing to look at is where am I spending my money? Totally. You know, yeah, it's interesting you say that because I had, I this is the first dog I've ever had. So we didn't have dogs when I was okay. a kid. So I remember hearing people, families talk about their dog that they had to get surgery or whatever, and it was yeah. thousands of dollars. Right. And I was always thinking, you know, they, there's hundreds, thousands of dogs that need to be adopted, so just mm -hmm. get a new one. Yeah. And then you get one, you're like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you can't do that. Right. Yeah, I remember the same. I, we, were, we had some friends that had a lab, and they did tore his ACL or something and had a hip surgery or something the lab was like five so you're like oh my gosh that's a really that's like a five thousand dollar surgery that's yeah. a really expensive surgery but then you're like oh but you've had that dog for five years and that dog's been around since your kids have been little right. and like you go through all these things and you're like oh that makes sense but yeah sometimes you don't know until you're in it no what, totally what decision true. you would make yeah it's interesting my dad grew up on a farm okay so to him that our dog is an animal. A dog, yeah. It's equivalent to a squirrel. Mm -hmm. Like, no, no interest in mm -hmm. it. It's just an animal, whatever. Yeah. It could be hit by a bus, no care in the yeah. world. So it's interesting. I'm like, that's my baby. I right? know, right? Well, especially if it's young or older than your kids. It was your first baby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she's almost 13. Yeah, mm -hmm. my kid's nine, so. Yeah. It's crazy. It is yeah, crazy. crazy. But yeah, here we are. But here we are. So <laughs> and you know, knowing that about yourself then again helps you make those decisions, right? So you could have said, like, no, we're not gonna do this. We're just gonna let him let her lead the life she's gonna lead and Yeah, it was and one of those it was a, I think all of a sudden then it was probably six thousand dollars. Yeah. And for a moment you're like, Oh, that's a lot of money. Then you're like, Well, you can't take the money with you. And mm -hmm. I don't wanna be the guy that just let my dog lead a crappy life or yeah. whatever and we don't even know maybe it, it would have been nothing you don't know right right we were sold on something mm -hmm. that I mean I don't I don't know yeah well <laughs> and that's know. that's another really good point when you say you were sold on something that's what really good salespeople do is they look at where your values are and then they sell to the, your value totally yeah so if you know what your values are it's easier if you know who you are it's easier for you to spot where you're not aligned right so if that doc was trying to sell you on like, but you'll get this dog to go marathon running with you, you're like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you right. know, then yeah. you would have been like, yeah, that doesn't matter because that's not my value. But if you're like, but you're going to get five more years with your kid mm -hmm. with this dog, you'd be like, oh, fine, I'll just charge me the six grand. Yeah. You know? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Or this dog will have a better life. They'll be, whatever, they'll live longer. Yeah. Or live longer and healthier. Happier. Mm -hmm. You don't want to dog that's not doing well to live longer necessarily. Right, right. So, yeah. yeah, interesting thing. But then you look at all the stuff I guess people have, whether it's pets or the vehicles that they have right. or the jobs where they're working at, what do mm -hmm. they consider themselves? 
It'd be interesting to, to talk to people and just find out if they're, if they're proud of themselves or yeah. where they're at right. with what they do or what they consider themselves or how they would answer it. Right. And somebody says, who are you? Mm-hmm. If they say, I'm a dog cancer cutter outer person. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. If they say, I'm a, I'm a surgeon. Yeah. Or I'm a vet or I'm, a, I'm just a dude. Right. Are you a small business owner or are you someone who helps people grow their business? Yeah. Are you, uh, you know, are you an accountant or are you someone who helps small business owners not have to look <laughs> at their numbers? Right. We just talked about accounting before. The paper pusher. Yeah. Right. So I think, yeah, I think ultimately how you define it is really enlightening too. And maybe it's just time for you to have a moment where you ask this question and you meditate and reflect on it a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was hanging out with some friends or friends of my kid. Um, there's these young kids in our neighborhood that are his age. And I got a phone call and I hang up the phone call and the kid's like, what were you doing? Right? Nine-year-old kid. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I was putting out fires. And she's <laughs> like, are you a firefighter? <laughs> and I was like, it was one of those like, oh. Very literal interpretation. No, I'm not a firefighter. Yeah. And she's like, well, what were you doing putting out fires? <laughs> I said, well, it was just a, it's a thing when you're adult, it's just an analogy for stopping problems from growing larger than they really need to be. And she's like, oh, is that your business? And she just kept asking these questions. I was like, well, some days. Yeah. And she's like, oh, is that when you're a business owner? And her dad was right there. And her dad does not have his own business. Mm -hmm. He's just some corporate something or other. And he's like, no kind of thing. <laughs> I could tell I was digging in his ego a little bit because he doesn't have his own business. Mm-hmm. I think that whatever. So it's one of those like, no, that's just kind of a grown up thing. Yeah. Like how you guys have a sweet life. <laughs> you get to play and go to school and have recess and there's always food and a shelter and all that kind of stuff. We get to deal with a bunch of stuff so that you have that. Yeah. But still, she was just like putting out fires. Got to appreciate the innocence, though, of a kid to really ask the question that gets like that hits you at your core. Yeah. And really makes you. But then I felt like, oh, my gosh, I am a firefighter. Yeah. I don't want to be a firefighter. Mm. What a terrible place to be. Yeah. When you're not literally fighting fires. Even then, it's probably challenging. But yeah, it was tough because then I recognized myself as that. And I don't want to be that. Well, so if you're struggling with who you are, go ask a nine-year-old how they interpret (laughs) (laughs) what you do, and maybe that'll help you get some clarity. But we hope you found some ideas today on how to help you define who you are so you can make some decisions with how you spend your time, your money, and your life. This has been Diary of a Worthy Pursuit. Where we help you get what you truly want in life and in business.